Hello, you are listening to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, the podcast that is all about the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospects, the reality of their entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host, Noah Tarno. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. I am still for the third week in a row, Bill, third so sort of third it, week it sounds like you're standing in the middle of an intersection uh, with all the traffic outside your Isn't window. Isn't that loud? Yeah. I'm in New York City, the hometown of the Big Quiz thing. I'm now in a pod hotel room. In the the, the pod, it's called the Pod Hotel in the corner of 42nd and 9th. Uh, i tell you, Bill, it's, it's funny imagining what this corner was like 35 years ago. Oh, yeah. And how, a good question. how little I would want to stay in a hotel, whatever hotel that was there then. Um, you may have been but, sitting on top of an M&M store 35 years ago. There's no way to know for sure. What do you think? You think there was an M&M? Come on. Anyway. <laughs> the, uh, the first rudiments of the Disney store were there 35 years 30, ago. No, no. It's, there, it might have been Disney. I don't know. Anyway. It was a Disneyland of a sort, but not a sort. Never take the, <laughs> um, the 40 Deuce, my friend. Mayor Koch warned tourists to stay away from 42nd between... Um, I believe the it was the most disgusting part was between Broadway and Eighth. Eligible but bachelor I'm, Ed Koch. I'm not here. I'm not. Yeah, looking yeah, for a wife. Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, confirmed bachelor. Confirmed Ed, bachelor. In the closet. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, why don't you tell people who you are, and then then we'll get then we'll get to what we get to. Everyone has been waiting for me to reveal who I am, and I am Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which. Noah, uh, it ripped out of the headlines. It's a business that advertises on podcasts and claims to offer, I don't know, CBD oil or, or talk therapy or food delivered to your house. Whatever. I'll, we'll, we'll figure out yeah. that part later. I don't I have no idea what, I, what we do. And I'll tell you, even if they weren't paying us, I would be using whatever their product is <laughs> and loving it. I love their product, whatever it is. Look, I mean, anyway. I, yeah, I, I, they came to us afterwards. I was already wearing Mack Weldon underwear. It works yeah. just fine. Yeah. I, I had these these wrinkle free tagless t shirts. Uh, untuck it, sorry, untuck it is the Harry's Razors, the best razors. They they own the yeah. factory in Germany. Harry's Razors. Yeah, in Germany. Yeah, they they send you eight boxes a week. Anyway, so uh, if you've never listened before, if you have, to remind you, this show usually we 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 like to look at something wacky and fun, something that's happening in show business and entertainment and we think we are too old to understand or whatever something's new and make sense of it and sometimes it's a little more serious a few weeks ago we looked at the johnny depp amber heard trial which brings up some real issues still going on still going on and people are threatening amber heard this is just ridiculous but i I do want to do a bit of a warning this week uh this week we are going to be talking about uh something that is not pleasant in any way um the events of this week in uh, Uvalde, Texas, are going to be very much discussed. So if you don't want to hear about this, now's the time to shut off your podcast, move to something else, and we will understand. We are also going to be, and we do this a lot anyway, wearing our political, our personal political beliefs on our sleeve. But this is our podcast. We don't get paid to do it. So if you don't like hearing our truth, you know, have a nice life. You know, I, I think people bye-bye. already know that we're true blue uh, you know, right. liberals. Well... We're also, in my opinion, we're patriots and we have, you know, human decency. But whatever. If you can't handle that, have a nice life. Uh, but our topic this week, and also, like, I don't know. It, maybe it, we probably should have talked about this in 2018. So, so this week, Bill and I 
as we do, we text, we're like, what should we talk about? What's everyone talking about? And Bill, you've done this a bunch of times. I say, what should we talk about? And you bring up the most horrific news story of the week. <laughs> it's true. You bring I up yes. something awful. And I go, ha, ha, ha. No, really, what should I talk about? And you mentioned the... the, uh, the Rob, Rob Elementary, in, yeah. And Uvalde. And I said, ha, ha, ha. But then I went, well, maybe. And it was right after the news had come out that uh, Beto O'Rourke, the Texas politician, current Democratic nominee for governor of Texas, he... Um, he interrupted a news conference in Uvalde of uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, the mayor of Uvalde, I don't know his name, and was Ted Cruz there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And rancid tangle of roadkill entrails, <laughs> Ted Cruz. He interrupted and he spoke. There's a video. You can't really hear um, O'Rourke speak, but he shouted down. He's kicked out. The police, police, you know, they, they, they can handle, you know, taking a 49-year-old man out of a out of a, a veterans hall, you know, with pretty, pretty ably. That's basically one thing they're good for. And, uh, you know, a few people took O'Rourke's side and said, let him speak. And he left. And then he spoke to reporters outside. So I said, you know what? Let's talk about Beto O'Rourke. So that's our topic. Uh, our topic is Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, uh, born September 1972. He is almost 50 years old uh, in El Paso, Texas. I spent one night in El Paso years ago. Uh, I was on a road trip, just stopped for the night at a motel and had a conversation with the Indian man at the front desk about pro wrestling. Uh, that's my memory of El Paso. You didn't, anyway. write, you didn't write that song down in the old uh, Texas town of El Paso? That wasn't you? I did not write that, and I did not. I'm not the founder of the El Paso Taco Shells Company. <laughs> or whatever. Anyway. Uh, he is our our sponsor this week. Our sponsor this week, right. He is called Beto because I believe it's a of a corruption of Roberto, which is, you know, a, a Latinized, Hispanicization of Robert. He is not of Hispanic descent. Some people have accused him of appropriation by being called Beto, whatever. His parents have called him Beto since he's a baby. I'm a big believer. You call people what they want to be called. He's Beto. It's, if enough Hispanic people find him insulting, let us know. Uh, let him know. It's not really nice. Uh, he was born in 1972, and he grew up. His father was involved in politics somewhat. Uh, his father ran Jesse Jackson's 1984 campaign in Texas. Uh, Jackson conducted a press conference in the den of O'Rourke's boyhood home in December 1984. And as a teenager, uh, O'Rourke discovered punk rock, which kind of makes me love him. He said hearing The Clash's London Calling was a big moment for him. I do love that album. Uh, I might prefer The Clash's first record, but call me weird. And Clash is probably only number five or six on my list of favorite old British punk bands, but can't go wrong with one to calling anyway. Uh, he became a bit of a nascent computer hacker. He belonged to a group called Cult of the Dead Cow, computer hacker group. Sounds pretty cool. And then he went to college at Columbia University. I love these guys who are like, I'm a rebel, I'm fucking around, playing guitar, doing drugs, and then somehow they still get into Columbia. I don't his private school in Virginia, by the way, on right. top of that, yeah. No, private school in Texas, man. He grew up no, it was Virginia. His no, private school was in Virginia. He went to boarding school? Yes, uh, that was his okay. high school, yeah. Right. Fine. So he is to the manner born, as many politicians are. Uh, and while he was at Columbia, he joined a band, a post-hardcore band called Foss. He played bass for Foss. He was in that band with a guy, I always forget his name, Cedric something. Oh, it's Cedric Bixer Zavala. Bixler Zavala. Yeah, Mars, Mars Volta. Al, 
Right, El Pasonian, who later got some fame as a member of the Mars Volta and At the Drive-In. I prefer At the Drive-In. Good band. One-Armed Scissor. Awesome song. Um, and then after college, he became a bit of an early days internet entrepreneur. He started a company called Stanton Streets Technology. Made a little money. Uh, he was back in El Paso. He was a member of the El Paso City Council from 05 to 11. Uh, there he focused on redevelopment of the city. He opposed the war on drugs. That led him to be a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, where he served from 2013 to 2019. He focused on border issues, as well he should. El Paso is on the border. He received, while there, received high scores from labor unions, uh, a lifetime score from the AFL-CIO of 95%. Uh, he holds a lifetime voting record of 95% from the League of Conservation Voters. Uh, and then in 2018, he became nationally famous when he was the Democratic nominee for Senate against the traitorous mass of hemorrhoid cream that is... Raphael Edward Cruz. Uh, you mean a, applied hemorrhoid cream, not not in the applied, tube, but used. Scraped off the outer rectal passage <laughs> of a meth addict living on the streets of Houston. No offense Sorry, to the meth addict. No offense to the meth addict, but plain offense to Ted Cruz. Uh, the race got a ton of press. Uh, O'Rourke, you know, fine. Rich kid, white kid, but he campaigned in every one of Texas's 254 counties. He ran a 2008 Obama-esque social media campaign full of unpaid volunteers. He raised more than $38 million in the third quarter of 2018, three times Cruz's totals, most raised in the U.S. Senate race in history. He set a record for the most votes cast for a Democrat in Texas history. Nonetheless, he lost to Cruz uh, by 2.6 percentage points. I will never not believe that some of that was fraud, but probably a lot of it was Texas still fucking sucks. I love Texas, but it's got a lot of problems. Um, but despite losing, there was something called the Beto effect, and they credit uh, O'Rourke's campaign with actually lifting many uh, Democratic uh, House candidates to victory. And uh, a bunch of, you know, Texas is huge, there's a thousand, I don't know, whatever number of uh, House seats, and, and many of them flipped in the Democratic wave that year. Uh, and then he ran for president 2019. Long shot campaign. Didn't really go anywhere. Perhaps ill-advised, but, you know, he's a young man. Uh, but, you know, after a bit of an embarrassing outcome there, he did not let them stop him. Did not let them stop him, and he stayed in the public eye. Um, during the multiple crises that Texas faced as a result of the uh, 2021 North American Winter Storm and the Texas government's complete incompetence in, in dealing with that, uh, O'Rourke organized virtual phone banks uh, to perform wellness calls, offer assistance to senior citizens, all while the, all while the uh, walking mass of expectorated phlegm that is Ted Cruz uh, absconded and left to go to Cancun because he's a real leader. He's currently the nominee for governor in the current race to defeat the incumbent uh, governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. And of course, he is always focused on an issue that we're talking about now, which is guns, an issue that is important to me and important to millions and millions of Americans. Um, he started in 2016 where he attended a sit-in, some big sit-in, sorry, I don't have the details on that. But in 2019, there was a horrible shooting at a Walmart in El Paso, 23 deaths. And um, he got in front of the cameras and he addressed it. And then this week, of course, he spoke outside the NRA convention just yesterday. Uh, he said, to those who are attending the NRA convention across the street, you are not our enemies. 
we are not yours, you know? He, despite it all, he extends the olive branch to everyone but the disgusting politicians. Uh, and then, uh, so in 2019, after the El Paso shooting, he was quoted as saying, I was asked how I'd address people's fears that we will take away their assault rifles. I want to be clear. That's exactly what we're going to do. Americans who own AR-15s and AK-47s will have to sell their assault weapons to the government. All of them. And of course, this made all the right-wing, you know, uh, ammo sexuals poop their pampers. Uh, a bunch of uh, congressmen in Texas named Briscoe Kane, it's got to be a made up name, threatened Beto O'Rourke, said he's going to shoot him. Uh, but, you know, he's not mincing words. So, uh, it's a long shot that he'll defeat Abbott, but, you know, I still think even if he loses, he's saying what people need to hear. I'll get to my opinion in a minute. And he's in the public eye. So, Bill, what do you think of better or work? Well, considering he's a man who has been in the public eye, like you said, for a couple of years, I was surprised that I didn't know very much about him. Um, I was aware that he was a local Texas Paul and that he was running his long shot campaign against Cruz. That was, I guess, most. that was the first time most of us became aware of him. The coverage of that race for Senator against Cruz made it seem like it was a, it was a long shot. It was always a long shot. It was a little bit of a, a Quixote thing where he was tilting against windmills. It was going to be very difficult uh, and, and almost foolhardy to try to take on Ted Cruz. And as close as you were going to get, they were going to find a way to wiggle out uh, from underneath, underneath loss and win. Like you said, it's like no matter what happened, Ted Cruz is going to win by two points in Texas because that's just the political machine there. It's so slanted uh, in crazy ways, especially for Senator. So it's like, okay, this is a guy, you know, he's a true blue guy, um, you know, but I, I, it was that and then the run for president and then people were talking about the, the governor run in terms of, uh, well, you know, McConaughey was, was whispering last year about yeah. whether he would do okay. it. Well, but that people, people were thinking of it. It's like McConaughey took the, the, the road well-traveled and he assumed, he's like, you know what, I'm an actor and I could probably... Do more for Texas by, you know, making money and, and, and food banks and doing awareness and actually doing grassroots things on the ground, which does seem like it's more McConaughey strength. And it's like, you know what? Uh, and maybe McConaughey did consult with um, Beto to say, it's like, well, what are we going to do here? And it's like, well, clearly one of these guys is a legislator. One's an Oscar winning actor. Let's focus on our specialties, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, you know, and we flash forward to him running this, uh, again, another foolish gambit against Greg Abbott. He's sure to lose, and, you know, it's going to be a noble failure along the way. Uh, and it's like he's, he's, uh, he's happy to keep doing this. I mean, it, he, he wants to tilt at windmills. It really signals some pathology that he has this belief in Texas that nobody else seems to have. <laughs> that, well, come you know, <clears throat> I mean, Texas is filled with psychopaths. I love Texas, too. But, but, but Texas is America. Love it or it's America. It is, it's, but they, they what are you going to do? Ignore Texas? They've warped it. They've turned it into part of the Christian. Well, they have the, the Christian they fascist have. cult, and it's like I, I, it's gone for a generation. Texas, Texas as we knew it, is is like walking into Beirut. It's like walking into Lebanon. It is some strange. I mean, I, you know, I'm not even saying Lebanon's not a good place to go. It's, it, Lebanon was the Paris of, of the Middle East in the yeah. '60s until it turned into a yeah. goddamn nightmare. And well, like, Beirut was. Beirut yeah, was. right. And it's like, well, Texas, Lebanon is a country, Paris is a city. Correct. Get your metaphor straight, man. But I'm saying, so, so Beto is this strange case of all these things, uh, largely ignorant until we started talking about this. And then once I started watching, now, tell me if you had this experience or not. 
But I mean, I watched a bunch of clips of him, obviously outside that uh, veterans hall, and uh, you know, and at, at, at the press conference with uh, McLaughlin. I think was the mayor, by the way, of of uh, uh, who gives a shit. Yeah, who gives who a care? shit? I don't care. They about called him a, a sick son. He, he called him a sick son of a bitch. He yelled. See, he, he called he called Beto a sick and po- politicizing, and a half that city's budget goes to cops, and they stood outside and did nothing. Nothing. They should all be fired at best and put in jail. Yeah, or, or sent to see. In- Competent. Or sent to Suidad Juarez to work in public service uh, jobs. Even Fine. Worse. Yeah, okay. even worse. Good. Fuck them. So, Cowards. You know, Cowards. It's like, and it's like, okay, you know, th- th- he says all the right things on the trail, and uh, people love the punk rock guitar shit. And, you know, I even listen to, you'll hear one of the songs at the top of this podcast. Um, I was really kind of taken by the fact that in person, Beto O'Rourke is really kind of wooden and uncharismatic. Um, he. I thought, based on his profile of being one of those social media wizards who had a lot of you know free work put in by people who were really committed and they were running you know a, a ground campaign uh, with young enthusiasm, I thought that was like his thing. And when he speaks, he speaks fairly rigidly, fairly humor humorlessly, and fairly uncharismatic. And again, this this is not the most important thing. I'm, I, I just, let me just emphasize that this is merely my takeaway: is that I did not expect to see a John Kerry like stone faced guy who looks like this sort of white model of a patrician politician. I thought it was going to look like something look more like AOC. I thought that the younger version of the stuff, the people who were inspiring so much act. act Activity were firebrands, and he is one that you can say Beto O'Rourke is not, and that's a firebrand. I mean, I would say aside from what he did at the conference hall, which is the first thing I think that was a really voluble bit of public firebranding, but that's a little off model for him. He really sticks to a script. He's very quiet. He's reserved. He chooses his words, and again, he's not given to humor. He's not given to extemporaneous off-the-cuff riffing. He he is um, he looks the way I thought politicians used to look when we were younger. Um, safe. He looks reliable. It's it's uh, you know the sort of best version of the of the of the white middle class dude. Except it's the safe version. It's the one you kind of want that you think is means well, not just is, is going to the country club and backslapping with the rest of his supply ciders. Better O'Rourke is a guy who, you know, again, put on the, the punk rock guitar and, and went to Columbia University and, and has been doing all this shit for a long time. And so his values are all in the right place. I just didn't expect him to be so staid. Um, that was the impression. Again, this, this is somebody who I dig. His values are all our values. Um, he's true blue. You know, nothing he's nothing he says doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so... You know, but it's like, again, when you look at these people, you wonder the, the shape of the Democratic Party, I think, is between weird centrists who I think are becoming out. Their, their ice flow is getting, you know, chipped and chipped away by, you know, melting by warmer waters. And then you get the firebrands like AOC, who seem like people who are acting out of desperation. They're acting out of uh, panic and they have wit and they, you know, they have lightning fast uh, reflexes and impulses. And you get a guy like Beto O'Rourke, who seems to have the same set of values, true blue values, as AOC, but carries himself almost like like a Kennedy. You know, there's there is something very honor bound and almost old century about it. 
So it's weird. I, I don't know if that was your response. No, I don't know. I mean, if you'd seen a bunch of him in speeches beforehand, but that was my yeah. impression. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a fanboy of his. I mean, I have this goofy patriotic streak that really makes me, you know, look for politicians to believe in and never give up hope in this country. I'm, watch, I'm watching this George Carlin documentary on Netflix right now. Netflix, no, HBO, which Judd Apatow did. And, you know, I fucking love George Carlin, but one thing... I will just never come around. I mean, Carlin didn't trust anyone, right or left. He thought everyone was full of shit. I mean, frankly, I think his values were essentially left, but he had zero faith in the Democratic Party. And while I certainly respect that opinion, you have a lot of evidence for that, it's just not the way I feel, at least not yet. So I'm still looking for these guys. Um, But I like that he's kind of awkward. You know, I think we fell into a trap with Obama. And frankly, I think a lot of right-wingers fell into a trap with Trump, although they wouldn't realize it, in that we look at this guy who's this magical speaker and he's inspiring and all that, and we think he's going to solve all our problems. And America is saved now that we have King Obama. I mean, we didn't say it in those words the way they the right wingers said. No, but that Trump. that's that's the conclusion we were drawing back in 2008. Right, that's what we were drawing. And that's yeah. the conclusion these people drew about Trump because even though you know, he, he speaks in word salad. They like word salad because as long as you're beaten up on, on people weaker than you, you are you are what we've been waiting for if, if you have a diseased mind like those people. Uh, the fact that Beto is awkward, a little awkward, the fact that he doesn't come off as polished, to me, makes him seem, seem more honest and more real and makes him seem like he's hitting that sweet spot of someone who actually cares and someone who could actually get something done he looks old. he looks old he looks I, I, there's not a bad thing i'm saying he looks old century They're, okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he kind of acts old century i watched that clip of him in 2018 with triumph the insult comic dog and he's playing along and triumph to his face makes some comment about uh ted cruz regrowing his tail and Beto does the whole like eh, haha very funny i'm not going to take the bait right you know because he, he's still trying to reach out across the aisle which I don't know. I hope you realize this is kind of a fool's game, but like you got to do that posture. I mean, it's partly why I'm a lot more forgiving of President Biden than a lot of other people. I don't think there's much more Biden could be doing, but that's another issue. But all that said, he still fights. He's still out there. He's still speaking truth to power. He still flat out said, we're going to take these guns that nobody fucking needs. It is absolutely insane. Uh, He is being more honest than the Bidens of the world and the Chuck Schumers of the world. And certainly the, I mean, John Kerry gets a bad rap, but that campaign was ridiculous. He never once attacked George W. Bush, and Fox News said all he did was attack him. I mean, it was fucking absurd. Um, And that's how you do it. You get out there, you inspire people. And I think he hits the sweet spot of both inspiring people and being down to earth enough that you believe it and you you think that he might actually be a politician that you can kind of have faith in. I mean, I don't know. He's There's also that John Kerry, oil, not really oiliness, but like fakeness. But it comes from that awkward place, so you know he's trying. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Um, I'm also excited by him because, let me just finish this, he's, he's a white guy and, you know, that's how he got Biden. People see that as safer. And also, I like Texas, and I hate guns. So if he's pro-Texas and he's anti-guns, 
You know, give me a guy who's willing to speak those things, say those things. The, the only thing that is going to change this is political power. You leave the same people in the same offices and expect a different result, then, then you're crazy. All right, Noah, let's get right back into it. Why is Roberto Jaime Juarez O'Rourke Hispanic American? He, he is not Hispanic. Why is he popular? He's not Latino. Why is this popular at the moment? His name is O'Rourke. Um, well, I think he fights in a way that we wish Democrats fought more. Even with the reaching across the aisle thing, he says guns are bad when you do something about it. He got in Abbott's face, the face of the Evalde guy. Um, you know, he, he does it, and we're thirsty for this. And guns are a sticky issue. I mean, there are these obvious reasons. Uh, the horror, the absolute horror of it, and the intractability of it. Ten years since Sandy Hook and nothing got done. The shocking hypocrisy of Republicans saying it's a mental health problem and they won't lift a finger to help people with mental health issues. It is such a powerful emotional issue in a way that you know things like climate change, voting rights, don't hit on that emotional level. So you want to say he's just another politician finding the issue that works for him and playing it cynically? Fine. But doesn't mean it isn't important. Uh, and I also think despite the awkwardness, he is charismatic. He's a good-looking dude. You know, he's in a punk rock band. Like, it's a lot more appealing than, than, than I don't know, I hate shit on Biden because I kind of like Biden. It's a lot more appealing than Biden. And I will say this. He, he chose his moment well in 2018. You know, going up against the existential scream of a repressed trauma dressed in human form that is Ted Cruz. Um, you know, Cruz made for a great villain. You know, the, how far would Hulk Hogan have gotten in the 80s without Roddy Piper? Uh, you know, how much do we love Batman because the denizens of Arkham are so great? Um, you know, it was, it was good playing against Cruz. Abbott is not as juicy a villain, even though I'm sure he's just as bad. Um... So fuck it. If he loses to Abbott, I hope he runs against Cruz again. Another matchup against that half man, half blobfish, Raphael Edward, <laughs> Canadian born Ted Cruz. Not to take anything away from the blobfish, which is a perfectly fine Democratic left leaning fish, as we all know. Is it? It's pretty I don't ugly. Know. It could be true. It's a deep sea fish. There are photos. If you Google blobfish, which I did last night for my, my niece, because she hadn't heard of the blobfish, and one of the first photos that came up was a page like, Pictures of blobfish uh, side by side with pictures of Ted Cruz to show how he looked like a blobfish. It actually does. It's unfortunate. It's true. Yeah, yeah. he's he might be a rare blobfish. <laughs> well, yeah, Beto is. I would say he's paternal with warmth. He's definitely a true blue Democrat fighting a Quixote like fight out in the wild west of Texas, which is how some of us still. I'm not completely familiar with Texas. I've been to San Antonio and Austin, but I still think of Texas as being, um, you know, a saloon door, uh, guns, you know, gunslinger places, or, or fucking weird ass uh, Donald Judd installations down in Marfa. Or so. It's just such a weird place. Wow. You know, right? Of all this, all this strange stuff in Texas. It's such a weird plurality of, of influences. But again, Texas right now is being known as the stand. It's the tip of the spear for a lot of lun most of the lunacy in the country between Louisiana and Texas. 
It is some of the worst retrograde values on human earth, maybe only akin to Turkmenistan uh, or, or perhaps China in terms of anti-humane, anti-social values. Um, you know, he's out there fighting this fight. It's, it's, it's seemingly hopeless as, as, as the number game goes. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that as like a challenge. I'm saying, please, correct me if I'm wrong. But it's like everything he's done so far has kind of been um, a little hopeless. It has been a little, um, you know, it's a good fight. It's 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 a noble it's a noble failure designed designed to fail to some degree. And he's not he doesn't think that, but it's like you know that is on paper. Whether it's Cruz, whether it's Abbott, whether it's any of these things, you know, like these are these are uphill fights. This is ice skating uphill, as it were. Um, you know, but he he says the right things. He sounds composed and competent. I mean, he is composed and competent. He doesn't just speak in hushed tones. He actually says the correct yeah. things. He seems like he understands and elaborates on the viewpoints that he uh, exhibits. You know, that's that's important. Isn't just a, he doesn't parrot talking points. It sounds like that he himself might have been in the authoring of these talking points. So you you know you could tell in a debate, which of course. Um, you know, Ted Cruz did not show up to the CNN debate uh, back in, was it 18? And he just did it solo with CNN because Ted Cruz says he wasn't going to buy into it. And so, you know, it was another stellar moment for Beto O'Rourke sitting on the chair with whomever it was that was doing the discussion where he was able to elaborate policy procedure and policy positions with a, a fair amount of eloquency, eloquence, not eloquency, but eloquence. Eloquencenessness. Eloquaciousness. Eloquationness, yeah. too. But, and, and you know, as of this week, let's say that we we are talking, you know, there's a couple of people, you know, and you mentioned at the top of the show, I suggested AOC half facetiously, half seriously, maybe two or three years back. Um, you know, we didn't really cover, this is the first politician we are covering, so far as I yeah. know. I mean, do you yeah. our, our shows have been in the shadow of politics, but... Um, you know, I I think of him as he's a bulwark right now, uh, especially this week of the the madness of the right wing takeover, the ongoing coup, as Seth Meyers says on his weekly talk, mm-hmm. you know, weekly on his show. There, you need people who aren't just uh, you know casting sideways glances on Twitter and trying to ratio people, but somebody who can actually yep. do something. Yep. I'm yep. not sure he can do something. But I know that he is closer to being able to do yeah, it. Yeah, you have to try. You can't give up. Yeah, and so he is making other Democratic politicians who are sitting back on their heels, getting their asses whipped because they themselves were elected in the 80s. You know, like the time has passed a lot of them by, and I will not mention names, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Fine politicians, but again, they need new blood, and Beto O'Rourke yeah. is the kind of guy, you know, that's, that's why he's popular. And this is a real thing about you, that you uh, are a great lover of punk rock. You were, in the 90s, a punk rocker. Fair to say? I, I'd like to think somewhere inside I still am. Yeah. Seth, yeah. Bill, if you were a young... You weren't into politics at all as a young man, were you? Well, I mean, we were in the 80s. It was... Politics was around as almost... It was politics right. as no, pop I mean, culture. You, you personally, like... So we're at an age where the 1992 election, we were just a little too young to vote, right? No, I but, did, okay, but, I guess it, we didn't vote, right. I, I was not yet, no. It, no. it was, uh, Clinton was elected in November 92, yeah. and we turned 18 in the summer of 93, right? Yeah. Trust me, I remember. Yeah. Uh, so do you think if Beto were out and about now and you were a teenager, you would be paying attention, you would be volunteering, you would be tweeting, Beto O'Rourke is awesome, whatever. 
Well, it's interesting you say that, especially the Clinton thing, because you know I was gonna, say, I was gonna roll it even a couple of years earlier, because like compared to Gary Hart or or, or Gary Hart, t- t- Gary Hart, Gary Hart was supposed to be young and excited. I know so. that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. it's Gary Hart or Tip O'Neill or, or any of the, the old white men. Yeah, who, yeah. Who Mondale? Who, you know, who, who by the way, Mondale was kind of awesome. Yeah, Fritz Mondale. But was he was he was eight hundred and seventy two years old, and that's the way politics work then. Yeah, no, he, he got his ass kicked because... You know, and the, he ran a shitty campaign, the fucking, and Carter ran a shitty campaign. The machine, yeah, the machine destroyed him. But it's like, all those... All right, look, even if they're on our side, the, the sort of old white men, capital O, capital W, capital M, who ran this country as a favor to the rest of us, right? It's like, I I, I, <laughs> like, I, I, I know that it is... Oh, what a, what a great... I love that, man. It is yeah. different. It is different uh, to try to bring people back to the 80s. I mean, we talk a lot about, like, uh, you could say, oh, 1985... Back to the Future was in theaters, man. What a great day it was. And it's like, okay, we know what people revere the pop culture of the 80s, but let's talk about the politics of the 80s, not just Reagan. But let's talk about the way we regarded government, the way that we interacted with our elected officials, our senators, our representatives, our local people. It is it is a different era that we haven't even, we don't think of what it was like when we were kids. Yeah, you, you can skip right ahead to Clinton. Clinton, we were activated. We couldn't vote for Clinton, but we were on the precipice of electoral adulthood with Clinton. You know, look, Beto looks like fucking Joe Strummer compared to some of those other guys. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> well, but that was it with Clinton. Simply the fact that Clinton yes. liked Kenny Loggins made him ten times cooler. I, it than was. Any Democratic they they played before. Fleetwood Mac at the you know at the right. inauguration at the confirmation. You know, look, that's, that's right. But I'm saying to go from uh, a Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush, and Reagan, right. and, and, and D- it was a J. Danforth quail in his tomato yeah. with the E at yeah. the end, and yeah. Jesse Helms. Potato, potato. Potato, sorry, potato. potato. And, and, sorry, and, Dan and Jesse quail. Helms. But then, yeah, you go, to, you go to Bill Clinton fucking playing saxophone at Arsenio Hall. Yeah. It was a yeah. game changer. Look, it, it really was. It really it was. It really was. It's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're a fucking person in, in government doesn't look like uh, D- D- Daniel Patrick Moynihan taking nothing away from D.P. Moynihan. I'm just saying there there is a kind of stone faced Strom Thurmond guy that you expect to be in the government. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it looks like a, yeah. B- Bill Clinton looked like your dad. Well, I, he was the first baby boomer. Yes. And even though he was like one of the least cool baby boomers. I mean, he wasn't a hippie in the '60s, other than you know, and, and you know, that, he that, didn't live that lifestyle. That '92 election was a fucking that was a, a, a ball of wax, man. Like you could talk about that for yeah. years between Ross Perot yeah. and everything. It's such a fucking thing, man. But I'm saying, do you remember Bush got in trouble for checking his watch during a debate? Yeah, like how far the Republican Party has gone. I know, like advocating. Hanging your own vice president is barely a news story for a Republican. Checking your watch was checking your watch was a problem in nineteen ninety. So look, this is all my way of saying that uh, again. If I think of I put this through the refractory lens of ninety two, of eighty eight, of eighty four, etc., etc. Yeah, it's like of course he would have been appealing. It's like we were the generation. And he's just a couple of ticks older than we are, so he knows exactly. Yeah. What I'm, like if he was listening to this, he would know exactly what I'm talking about. And the reason why <laughs> he's listening, the reason why he acts the way he does today, is because he knows all the same influences I'm telling you about. That's yeah. that's oh, yeah. why this that's why we're getting this now is because he remembers these guys. He remembers well, Tip O'Neill. He also, I think, accurately or maybe semi-accurately sees the nature of things. You can't play footsie with Republicans anymore. They're not interested. You know? It's a there's a there's a cartoon I saw recently 
a political cartoon that's a picture of a donkey in a suit meant to represent a Democrat and then some swamp dweller with a MAGA hat. And the donkey says to the swamp dweller, uh, well, what, what about if we lower taxes by 15%? Will you compromise with us then? And the MAGA hat says, I literally think you kill babies and drink their blood. And the donkey says, okay, how about 20%? Yeah. You know, I, I think too much of the party is still, still thinks that that's what's going on here. I mean, that was certainly Obama's downfall. It took him six years to realize that, sorry, you know, making your health care plan a Republican plan isn't going to appease them at all which is what Obamacare was. It was Bob Dole's health care plan when he ran for president in 1996. It was not a government takeover of health care. Fucking learn to read. Anyway, so uh, would you like this as yes, a kid? Yes, I know. I'm going to answer yeah. it. Yes, I, yes, <laughs> I would have loved, yes, loved Beto O'Rourke as a kid. And I remember 92, the first time I really got into politics, and bemoaning that I couldn't vote because I was excited about Clinton. And I had some of that, oh, it's a whole new day. And I mean, I didn't remember a Democrat being president, right? Like, we didn't remember that. Democrats were the perpetual losers, you know, even though they had the House this whole time, right? Um, I think the Senate for most of the 80s. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it was like, oh, my God, a quote-unquote cool guy becomes president. How awesome is that, you know? And I was so excited and so jazzed. And if I saw a guy who liked rock and roll, who looked kind of handsome, you know, who, who had that kind of way about him, even though he's slightly awkward, I would have been crazy in love with him and thought he's going to solve all my problems. I'm older and more cynical now, so while I still think I'm a bit of a Beto fanboy, you know, I've tempered my expectations and not counting on him winning, but I'm telling you, dude, if he wins, I will, that will feel fucking great. That will be one of the happiest things I've been about politics in a very long, well, Trump losing was pretty awesome. Um, so, you know, I would have loved him, loved him as a kid. And hey, let's be optimistic here. Maybe there are kids who look at him now and love him and that gets them interested in politics and that gets them, you know, doing their part because we all need to do our part to save this fucking country. If it isn't going to slide down into Turkmenistan or, you know, whatever other shitty country you want to name. The majority of us in Texas, which includes Republicans and Democrats, want the right thing. And their values are unreflected by those in power who continue to ignore this kind of slaughter that we're seeing in our schools. Noah, the beasts are on the hill, the pale rider. Is this yeah. a sign of the apocalypse that we surely see yeah. coming our way? I mean, hopefully the exact opposite. You know, I mean, the, the Ted Cruz's of the world and other, you know, people who are piles of melted circus peanuts congealing in the Texas sun. We need people to stand against them. And if Beto O'Rourke seems better equipped and to have more energy than other people who are trying. So if we're going to be saved, it's going to be in the backs of people like him, you know. Um, and the people like, I mean, I think Nancy Pelosi gets a bad rap, but I think it's time for her to step aside, be a behind-the-scenes advisor. That's fine. But, like, it's going to be people like Beto if we're going to save the world. Otherwise, it's going to be more, you know, burlap bags of dandruff found in suburban attics after 70 years like Ted Cruz. And that's, we can't that's, that's have our, that anymore. artisanal dandruff you're talking about. Oh. Oh. Ah. How, how stupid do you have to be to think Ted Cruz is a smart guy? Very I mean, well, I take that back. He is smart. But how stupid do you have to be to, like, believe him and like him? Like... A complete, really a complete lack of ability to decode message or human speech is what it really requires of you. I mean, at least he's smart. Trump is not smart. 
and I don't care how much he accomplishes in this world. And I don't care how much he succeeds in destroying the country. I will never believe Trump is a smart man. I will give Cruz credit that he has a brain. But he's a fucking, you know, he's a slimy cellophane bag of runny yak feces. So forget about it. And Sorry. Th- don't th- blame me. Blame, blame Ted Cruz. A thin meal. Put, putting that image in your mind. That yak should eat more fiber. I don't know what to say. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, no, I don't think that uh, Beto is a uh, sign of the apocalypse. I mean, but if you think about it, there is this sort of um, impression that the lack of traction or the lack of complete traction he's experienced uh, thus far, the fact that he keeps throwing himself up in, in front of these Quixote-type windmill things where he's he's entering these these uh, doomed races that really don't have... I mean, it would be a miracle to win any of these things in Texas. He keeps going... I don't think it's a miracle. I think he really had a shot in 18. I think if a couple things had broken his way, I think he would have won. He had a lot of momentum, man. He, he did, he did, and it's like momentum. he got as he got as much as you could get. But it's like there's a Texas machine that's a thresher. There is, yeah, there is, there is. But he did so well that I think, like I'm saying, a couple more lucky breaks and miracles do happen. There's you some, know? you know, some fucked up, uh, uh, you know, Scott Pruitt, uh, Tom Delay type shit coming out of Texas. That 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 Midland. Uh, Dallas Metroplex slime machine, and it's like you kind of can't fight it. It's gonna be like Chinatown at the end, where Faye Dunaway has a hole in her head. You know, it's just it's it always ends. But I think that um, you know it, the apocalypse sign is that a person who is 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 earnestly committed to fixing the smoldering disasters around us, like uh, Beto, who you know he. He doesn't get demoralized. He doesn't move to Holland like I did. Instead, he decides to <laughs> he redoubles his Sorry. efforts. He's not a quitter like you, man. He doesn't. He redoubles his efforts. He's got three kids. He lives in the world. He decided to decamp from New York back to El Paso to enter public life. That was a decision he made. And no, no matter how much dissuasion he seems to get from, from, from Jesus and the universe and, and, and Odin and everybody else, he keeps going at it. You know, it's like I think that we anyone should be lucky to have a man like him who is uh, willing to do the job. That's the thing. And it's like the fact that he can't get into this thankless position is a little bit of a sign of the apocalypse to me. Bill, is there any sense that you're you're jealous of uh, Beto? Oh, God, no. What, are you kidding me? You, 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 think, really? I, you think I want any piece of what he's... Look, this guy's breaking his neck to 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 get this thankless job. I mean, look, his drive and his values are gold plated. They are the standard. They are laudable. He is a he is a hero among men. He is the best of us. Uh, the the, the, the trust. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Come oh on. no, I'm saying it's like in, in terms. I of, said I was the fanboy, but I wouldn't go that. No, far. but his his virtuousness, the fact, the enthusiasm, the fact that he hasn't been turned off by it. The guy's 49 years old. It's like he knows what's coming, and he keeps throwing himself at the electric fence, and you know, sparking and crisping off of those the you know the metal grates, <laughs> and it's like uh, he. Seems to know what he's getting. He know he knows what he wants to do with it. He is is in for the fight. I do. I am not jealous of him for a single second. I would not want uh, to get anywhere near the levers of power. I would not want to get into the fights. I I I'm not interested in any of that stuff. It looks. I mean, it is. It is. It is uh, horrifying. It is crushing. It is soul smashing. Especially Texas in particular. If you were doing this on a national stage, I get that things could go wrong. You could run a campaign and run south. And 
I get it, but it's like on top of that, it's like Texas, which is the fucking crucible. And, you know, he keeps doing this. He's he is so committed. I don't want any part of of what he is doing. I mean, I will be happy if he gets traction and I th- he's exactly the kind of person you want to see to get back to like an Ann Richards type Texas. That'd be immense. You, you can't imagine the yeah. corrective that something like that would be. And if anybody doesn't know, by the way, Ann Richards was the last Democratic uh, yep. governor yep. of Texas. Yep. And that is like 30 years ago at this point. practically. She was defeated by Jeb Bush yeah. in 1994. Uh, and who was running Jeb Bush's campaign? But Carl Rove. Yeah. Uh, I saw a play about this. She's really considered a hero in Texas. And Rove, I also watched a documentary about Carl Rove. Rove had a tactic that really worked for him. And he also he also used it on John Kerry, which is you hit your opponent at their supposed strongest point. So just like we all saw Kerry, they basically claimed he was a traitor when he served Vietnam. A coward, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Kerry partly was nominated because he was a war hero. And like, oh, they can't. You know, because of the war in Iraq, they can't criticize us then. Ha, ha, ha. That's exactly what they did. They twisted around. And Richards was viewed as a feminist hero. Uh, and he basically wrote, started a whisper campaign that she was a lesbian. And, you know, that's how they get you. You know, because they don't play by the rules. Um, I'm very jealous of Beto O'Rourke. Because one of the biggest problems I've had in my life in everything is the balls to speak truth to power or even stand up to people who are in my face. Uh, I, you know, I'll call those police and Nivalde cowards all day long, but, you know, I, I, I'm a coward myself. Part of the reason I should never be a police officer. You know, when, when threatened, I'm really afraid that I run away more often than I should. Um, but I shouldn't be a cop. Uh, but, you know, just looking at that video of him get in the face of Abbott and Yvalde Mayer and Cruz, I couldn't do that. And when I'm called the sick son of a bitch, I can't persist. And when I'm outside and they stick microphones in my face, I would have been too embarrassed to, to keep pushing the point. And, you know, he's 49. He's only a couple years older than us. But I, I already feel like the prospect of running around in the hot Texas sun and talking to a million people and shaking a million hands and getting that energy. Yeah. It's just like, Tirelessly. oh, my God, yeah. oh, my God. So I wish I had the energy and I wish I had the, the fortitude he has. So I'm jealous of that. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a politician, especially in this day and age. But uh, I don't even want that kind of power if it were handed to me on a silver platter. But I do want the energy he has to, to never quit. Because that's how you succeed in life. You don't give up. Where does he fall on our scale, Noah? Since this is the first politician we've talked about. Yeah, it really is. Um, we've talked about more sourdoughs then we have politicians on this show. Well, now it's time, right? <laughs> uh, so I, this is, I, I don't really have uh, other topics for comparison here, but here's what I came up with. He might be the best possible thing we've ever looked at if he augurs a wave of, of politicians who get it and actually can stand up to the fascists and the bullies. Um, but, you know, look, uh, let's be honest here. For as much as we love Beto, if he's elected president in four years or whatever, I think we'd all steal ourselves to be disappointed. Like we were disappointed in Obama and Clinton. And I, I think Obama was all right. I think Clinton did some good things despite some really serious personal problems. Um, I, I'm under no illusion that if, if God willing O'Rourke wins this race, he's not going to turn Texas into a paradise overnight. Uh, I'm sure we'd be disappointed by him. 
as you're disappointed by every politician. But they're politicians. You're going to be disappointed by them. You know, you don't vote for them because they, they're 100% what you want. You vote for them because they're 65% what you want, right? Or even if they're 30% what they, you want, they're not fucking monsters like, you know, the, the uh, crust from the chapped lips of a homeless man in Guatemala that is Ted Cruz. Um, so, I don't know. He might be the best on our top of our scale, but he might also be just a few clicks above zero. Well, I, I have a good slot. I, it, I puzzled over how to do this. I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to compare him to? And then it occurred to me. I thought it was, oh, we have a, actually a very good correlative. Since so, so this is the first poll we've covered, uh, so I'm, I'm going to use a slide rule to make a comparison, which, which, okay. is, which is out of pocket, but actually makes a lot of sense across, across media. So um, the, the, I remember the phrase that came up in an earlier topic was that uh, one of our topics was the sort of um, responsible power of the paternal white man that you somebody was behaving in a way that you you can trust them that they weren't weaponizing their whiteness their white supremacy to be an enemy of society that it was the sort of a good version of somebody who looks like us and that of course was the character of Ted Lasso, where a lot of people, ah, a lot of people okay. bought into all this right. idea that it's like, all right, all Jason right. Sudeikis's character looks like any other jerk off, and yet the character was so warm and loving and trustworthy that it was the best aspects of what our faces look like, and again, how much our visages have been used to to inveigle and wheedle and cajole and and you know otherwise deceive people throughout the course of the last 30 years or so. But it's like, again, Beto wears our face. He, he looks like the same sort of uh, kind of version of our, our generational guy. And we may think that, um, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm benign. And it's like, well, Beto is actually going out there putting rubber to road and trying to, to prove the fact that this is what you, you know, when you have this sort of John Kerry-like face, when you look like a Kennedy, when you look like one of these sort of middle-class white dudes who's been in charge of so much bullshit for yeah, years. I don't, wait, okay. You really think I look like that? We, I mean, you never mind, never mind that when the Gestapo comes to town, I'm on the list. They're gonna, you're on the list because I'm going to point right at that guy. Get him first. That's yeah, why. get that Jew. Yeah. I don't think I look. I mean, yes, I'm white, but I don't think I no look like you look like, you look like you look like you're hanging out with the Kennedys. I don't think I look like I'm hanging out with the Kennedys. I mean, I look you know, like a, maybe I look maybe, like the maybe I'm their homeless man's chat lips. Yeah. Oh, you can't even think of something <laughs> new. Um. Anyway, I so okay. We like Beto O'Rourke. Give him some money, uh, or you know, if you think that's a little too. If, if you think we're sellouts for that, uh, there are a lot of good services you could give money to to deal with gun violence. Uh, I'm a regular donator, donator, donor to the the Brady Fund. What's it called? The Brady. I always forget, but I give it, money. No, it's it's for Florence Henderson based uh, exploits. Yes, yes, Brady. Yes, it's Mike <laughs> Lookinland is now in charge of it. No, uh, no, uh, it is. Yeah, it is It is just called Brady now. They changed the name. United Against Gun Violence. And it is a it's national the man who took daguerreotype photos during the Civil War. No one gets anyway, these jokes. No one gets these jokes. No, his name was Bill Brady. And he was he did something in the Reagan White House. And he was shot 
He was a press, uh, uh, press, when, uh, uh, press, press a flack or something he, like that, yeah. Anyway, he was with Ronald Reagan when Ronald Reagan was shot by John Hinckley. And uh, Reagan recovered very quickly, and Brady was paralyzed for the rest of his life. And it's interesting. He died uh, a few years ago, and they actually determined, this is, this is interesting, they determined that his death was caused by the injury that had happened 30 years earlier. 20, 30 years? So actually, he was a victim of Hinckley, even though he survived 20 years. I don't really know how that works, but whatever. So Brady spent his time post-White House... Uh, being a, a, a big advocate for uh, gun control. And his name is on the bill. Gun yeah. The Brady Bill. The Brady Bill, which which he advocated, which passed by the government. Which uh, So United Against Gun Violence, Brady, look it up, bradyunited.org. Great place to give money, great cause. Uh, so give money to them, give money to Barrel O'Rourke, give money to whatever you can afford and you can believe in. And if you don't have money, give time. And there's a lot of easy things we can all do. Uh, I'm big into postcarding, really easy, and it actually works, believe it or not. I used to like texting, but texting doesn't work anymore. Beto could tell you that, because I get 30 texts from him a day, and I delete almost all of them. Uh, so I think everyone's got to pitch in, because, you know, time is running out. So thank you for your attention. All right, everybody. Uh, if you want to find past episodes of this podcast, non-inflammatory, non-political episodes. But why, <laughs> well, why but they're, they're, they're inflammatory. Why they're do, just not yeah. overtly political. Why do you got to right? politicize everything, guys? Okay, Apple why, Podcasts. Why do you got, why does Star Trek have to talk about politics? <laughs> Apple Podcasts, you know? SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Twitter. Why do my X-Men comics have to be about racism all of a sudden? Tweet at Noah and Bill show right Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators. Uh, my Twitter handle is at William Scurry. And uh, I am there a lot. You guys can talk to me. I'm, I'm doing a thing. My video uh, material is on uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar. And now Noah will tell you uh, how he's going to politicize the uh, the space. I'm all about the Big Quiz thing, bigquizthing.com. America's finest source of corporate and private trivia events, coast to coast, in person, and of course theoretically coast to coast and beyond virtually and uh, we're booking now for the summer it's filling up get in touch today go to bigquizthing.com and learn about your own customized trivia experience like none other and we do we do fundraisers too so if you do represent a political cause that i agree with uh get in touch and, and you'll get a good deal so until the next el paso texas themed punk rock episode of this year podcast we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.